This is The Resilient Life, where we believe that every human will struggle in this life. Our challenge is to struggle well. I'm Ryan Mannion. I lost my brother to war, my mom to cancer, and I'm the daughter of a retired Marine. I'm also a wife, mom, author, and president of one of the nation's leading veteran service organizations. Join me and some incredible guests as we explore the value of struggling well through life's inevitable challenges. Welcome to another episode of the Resilient Life Podcast. I'm super excited to welcome today's guest, Miranda Alcaraz. I want to share a little bit about Miranda before we dive in here. Miranda is the co-founder of an at-home workout community called Street Parking, and she was actually one of the first women to compete in the CrossFit Games. Her love of all things fitness began in college when she worked her way through school as a group fitness instructor. She began her career as a personal trainer, and then after finding CrossFit, spent the next eight years delivering seminars worldwide for the brand while also competing in the CrossFit Games. In 2012, she suffered an unstable C2 fracture in her neck in a car accident and walked around for 17 days without going to the doctor. When she finally saw a doctor, he credited the muscles in her neck for saving her from saving her from total paralysis. Once Miranda recognized that fitness saved her life, she began to share her story more. Her CrossFit Games career ended in 2014-2015 when she tore her ACL during competition. Shortly after, she met and fell in love with her husband, Justin, a fellow games athlete. Together, the two have created street parking and have had two sons, Knox and Banner, motivate, motivated by her desire to help real people achieve healthier lifestyles. Street parking provides daily programming with those, to those with minimal time and equipment. In the past three years, its membership has grown to over 30,000 people worldwide. Miranda, welcome to the Resilient Life podcast. Hello, that was such a good uh, introduction. I was, I was <laughs> loving it. <laughs> thank you. Well, and thank you I, for having me. Absolutely, I've been digging into your story a little bit, and I have to tell you, it, the whole concept of street parking, I could not meet, be more about it, and I, I love. The idea, and I want to I want to start with that. It's actually what you refer to as your first baby, and I, I'd love to start with where the idea was born. And I love that one of the things I saw somewhere that you wrote is that when you were posting on social media, you noticed that you were getting more engagement and people were more interested when you were just doing a workout in your house as opposed to in a big beautiful gym and. Was that the catalyst for creating a company like this? Tell us a little bit about the beginning and how street parking was born. Yeah, so I've been in fitness, like you mentioned, um, since I was 18 years old. I'm now 38, so 20 years. Uh, I mean, over half of my life, right? And the reason that I got into it in the first place was because I enjoyed working out. I feel like that's why a lot of people get into the industry. They're like, I like working out. Maybe I should just teach other people how to do it. And shortly after fell in love with helping people, um, not just lose weight and look better, but just people, the changes that you see um, mentally and emotionally in people when they overcome obstacles or when they do things they didn't think they were gonna be able to do or when, you know, when they finish a hard workout. So I fell in love with that. 
And um, ultimately, after being in the industry for, I think, like seven or eight years, that's what how I had found CrossFit. And I worked for CrossFit, like you mentioned, for eight years, traveling all over the place for the seminars um, all over the world and seeing that light go on in people's heads about they're stronger than they thought they were or that they could be and they're overcoming these things and how simple fitness can be and all of this. And um, because I was traveling a lot, but I was also trying to compete, I had to be consistent in my own fitness and I couldn't just, I mean, I was out of town in a random hotel every weekend. Um, I think in 2010, I was out of town 50, 47 out of 52 weekends. I was traveling, but I was trying to compete. So I would often do workouts in these hotel gyms or even in my hotel room or me and one of the other trainers would meet and run up and down the stairs in the hotel. Um, I didn't often post that very much of that stuff because I thought it was like lame and boring. It's like, oh, I'm just, you know, um, but when I started to, because I was traveling more, um, especially after my knee injury, I noticed that, uh, I was traveling more for a new job that I had and I would be gone for more than just the weekend. I'd be gone for like weeks. Um, and I would start posting these workouts in the hotel gym or in my hotel room or like on the beach with a random kettlebell that I found. And people were like, oh my gosh, I could do this at my house or, oh my gosh, like, this is so cool. And so when I was getting home from these trips, I would talk to, my husband's name is actually Julian. Um, oh, I- <laughs> that's okay. Um, I would say, you know, like we should, we should post some of these somewhere because he was also still training for the games around this time. And he lived in LA. Okay. And the gym where he worked and normally worked out was not far, but in LA terms, it was 45 minutes away, you know? Um, so he was sometimes posting stuff from his garage at the same time that I was traveling a bunch and posting random stuff. And we both noticed that same thing where we both had a pretty good Instagram following because we were entertainers. And I see so often that fitness, these like fitspos for like a lack of a better term, they're entertaining. Um, people go to their page because they're beautiful or because they're doing stuff that people could never imagine themselves doing. And we had gained a following through that. But now when we were posting stuff that people could actually like grasp onto and relate to, um, it was having much more of an impact and actually helping people, not just entertaining them. And that was something that was very um, appealing to me to continue. So we created the street parking Instagram page first and just started posting the little random, what seemed simple to us workouts. um, And people just loved it. It was very new for the, for the community that we were in. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about, you know, when I, when I was diving into street parking a little bit and the concept behind it, not to downplay the, the importance of, but it's very basic in nature. It's like, we're going to teach you how to work out from wherever you are. And, and I was thinking about it the other day, I knew I was going to have you on the show. I was looking into street parking and, and I find myself being driven. I'm somebody that pre-pandemic traveled a ton and I would get into these really great routines when I was home where I'm lucky enough to have a really nice home gym. Um, I'm very close. The YMCA is a stone throws down the road. And so I had access to 
whatever I needed when I was at home. But then when I would go on the road, it wouldn't even be a concept in my mind. Maybe I'd pop into the hotel gym if I deemed it like not gross enough to go into. <laughs> um, if I was with somebody else and they wanted to go for a run, maybe we'd go for a run. But I'd get into these phases where I'd be really consistent and then it would just fall off. And, and then you got to like work your way back in again. And the other night, it was funny, my daughter had, um, I'm gearing up to do some, some big, a big hiking trip. And I know I have to put some miles in. So I had my, I, I was like, I got to get out. I got to do something. I was going to get on the treadmill um, with my rucksack. And I got home and my husband was like, this kid has this sport. This kid has this sport. You know, which one do you want? And I was like, well, I kind of, I needed to work out. He's like, well, sorry, you know, it's tough. You got to figure out. So I took <laughs> my daughter to soccer and I put a 20 pound plate in my rucksack and I just walked around the field. And that's something that I never would have done. I ended up getting four and a half miles in, wow. uh, in the time she had soccer practice. But historically I would have been like, all right, I'll, I'll take her, I'll drop her off and I'll sit in my car and catch up on emails or I'll run back home and empty the dishwasher and then go back and pick her up. And it was really looking at your concept of like, you got to find that, you know, you can fit it in wherever you are. That I was like, you know what? That worked and I actually loved it. And I loved the idea that I was fitting something in while something else was happening. So I think it's, um, I think it's great conceptually. I love everything that you're doing. I'd love to know a little bit though, you know, making that shift from the CrossFit community to building your own brand. I mean, CrossFit is the monster of the industry, right? And um, we have some mutual friends within the CrossFit community. But what does that shift look like to, from a business perspective, from an entrepreneurial perspective to say, all right, we've got something here that people are responding to, but how are we going to actually turn this into a business? How are we actually going to, and, and, and to that point, you decide to do it with your husband, which is something else I'd love to talk to you about. <laughs> I love the idea of like how, you know, I want to, I want to learn a little bit more about how you work day, day in, day out with your husband, but talk to me how you take that dive from a following and liking what you're doing to actually putting together a sustained business. Yeah. So people ask about this all the time. Like, why aren't you, we have obviously in the 30,000 members, a lot of those people came from CrossFit. Um, because they followed me or because, you know, more recently their CrossFit gym closed and that's how they found us or whatever. Um, but when we were starting it, you know, people do ask us, why didn't you have closer ties or name it CrossFit something or use that in your marketing or anything like that? Um, I have so much love for CrossFit and I still believe in the methodology with my whole heart. And as far as training and becoming a trainer, I think it's the best certification process and everything. So um, there's not any weirdness with that. But what I had noticed when I was traveling, doing the seminars, um, some messages that I would get on my own personal social media, and just even conversations that I would have with real people, my family, things like that. Um, especially at that time around 2015, 2016, CrossFit had become the CrossFit Games. And it was... Um, muscle ups and heavy snatches and barbells, barbells, barbells. And um, CrossFit gyms had really adopted the 
heavy lifting and then the workout programming that everyone was doing multiple workouts a day. And it was very intimidating to the type of people that I felt like needed what we had to offer. Um, that name. So I felt it best for, to serve the people and to find the people who could benefit from what we were offering was to not have any specific ties with CrossFit. Um, and then it gave us more freedom as well to throw in movements like the devil press or, you know, we do a lot of step ups and stuff like that, which you see in gyms now, but wasn't really happening. Everything was with dumbbells, which people don't associate the name CrossFit, at least back then at the time, because this was before they even started using dumbbells in like the open and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted to have our own flavor, our own brand. We don't care at all about the whiteboard. We don't care what your score is. And all of that stuff had been so strongly tied to the CrossFit brand, whether they intended it or not, that we needed to branch off to be able to serve people the way that we wanted to serve them. Um, and, you know, it was never intended to be 30,000 people. So in my mind, I wasn't like going to create some business to compete with CrossFit. And I really still don't see it as that. It was literally the conversation that Julian and I had was like, oh my gosh, wouldn't it be cool if we had like a hundred members to help pay like our utilities in California? Like that was as much as we had thought about it in our mind. And then it just took off. So. Yeah. And I, I think you touch on something so important. The word CrossFit, it, there's, there's some, there's a big intimidation factor for some people who don't fully understand it. Um, and you know, all they think about when you see, I can spot a CrossFit games athlete. I'll say it that way. <laughs> okay. Maybe not a CrossFit, CrossFit athlete, but a CrossFit games, like, you know, or you compete in the games. And I was telling, I was sharing with you before there is an actual uh, CrossFit wad named after my brother, the Mannion wad. We um, it's actually coming up in November. We normally have it in April, but because of COVID we've pushed it to November and this wad is, I, I love it, but I literally dread it every single year. <laughs> it was based off of his dates, uh, his KIA dates, 4-29-2007. And it is seven rounds of 29 back squats and 400 meter run, uh, seven times. And it is a killer on the legs. S seven rounds of 29 squats. And... Jimmy Letchford, who worked at CrossFit when you were there, he came up with the wad based off the fact that he's, he said, you know, your brother's legs were like tree trunks and Travis was <laughs> in college and his strength came in his legs. So he really based the workout around the legs. And um, I actually share in a book that I wrote, one of the stories that I share is when I did the Mannion wad with Jimmy and his wife. <laughs> And um, it was the first time I did the Mannion Wad and we did it at the Naval Academy at their CrossFit gym at the Academy. Wow. And I, I went all out. I did it with my friend. My friend was puking like halfway through. Jimmy's giving me the incredible encouragement. He's like, you're doing great. You're doing great. Within 45 minutes after we had finished, like I could not walk. My legs had like <laughs> up. So um but I still do it every year. Sometimes I do it twice a year. And, um, but I know that idea of the intimidation factor that comes with, with CrossFit 
Um, and, and frankly, I think walking into sometimes any gym, you know, somebody that's trying to get back into physical fitness, it's intimidating to not know what you're doing, not know what you're walking into. And one of the things I love about you is like you, you're driven by this desire to bring fitness to real people and understanding that not everybody is going to be a, a games athlete. Um, not everybody is going to be able to function at a higher level. Um, I'd love to know um, why you've spent so much time focused on this group of people, the, the people that it doesn't come from your background of being a fitness instructor when you were young and how you got into fitness, but why focusing on quote, real people and helping them find their fitness? Yeah, so I come from a family who's not um, super active. I mean, my brothers played like hockey in high school. I didn't play any sports. I was a, I mean, I was active, I guess. I did like dance and cheerleading and stuff like that. Um, but I don't come from like a super active family. A lot of them work out now doing street parking, but before that, no one did, um, except for me doing CrossFit pretty much. And then, you know, doing CrossFit, the very, the first time that I learned um, to view fitness differently than for aesthetics or for performance was when I was in the car accident, which you mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, I broke my neck in two places and it went undiagnosed for over two weeks. Um, and then when it was finally diagnosed, <clears throat> I had time in the hospital because I had to have my C2 and C3 fused to think like, am I going to be able to do fitness the way that I'm used to doing it? Like what? And I realized during that time that fitness was more to me than trying to make the games or the way that I looked like it was a huge uh, physical or mental and emotional, like it was meditation for me. And sure. I'm, I'm a pretty anxious person. I have been my whole life kind of perfectionist, like, you know, and I, and I recognized immediately the need for movement, even though I was in a neck brace and my hand was broken too. So I was in a cast in my hand and I was like, I got to get outside and do something. So I was like at CrossFit headquarters, like lunging and air squatting around the parking lot or like pulling a sled. And people were like, you're nuts. And to, I think people assumed that they were, or that I was thinking that I needed to get back into shape to compete, but it wasn't at all. It was I need to move for my sanity. And that was the first time that I recognized how important and how much sanity fitness was giving me. Um, so there was that. And then, uh, so it really changed my perspective when I went to the seminars where it's like, hey, this, this stuff isn't just important for people who are trying to compete. Like this is for our health. Um, the, the amount of muscle that I have was made very clear that it saved my life and, you know, adding just five pounds of muscle to a 60 year old woman could make a huge difference in something like this for her, you know? And so it changed that. I also had an opportunity for about two years to train um, a friend of mine. His name is Gustavo, who was in a car accident when he was 21 um, and was paralyzed from the waist down. He had like a T11 uh, spinal cord, you know? So I got to train him for two years and seeing how we could get creative with him moving and seeing the change in him uh, emotionally and mentally and just seeing that outlet that he finally had. Cause for years he hadn't been able to figure out how to like sweat and just get, you know, 
anxiety and stress and everything. Um, that changed a lot for me. And it was like, everybody needs this. It's so important. And his health improved and he lost weight and he was happier. And, um, and then when it came to, and then I injured my knee, of course. Right. And I was like, okay, I need to stop competing. Like, I think I was 32, 33 years old. I had competed in the games multiple times. We were winning when I hurt my knee. And I was like, I know we could have won, like check that box. It's fine. Like it's time for you to figure out the next phase. Cause all you're doing right now is working out all day long. I was an entertainer. I wasn't helping anybody, you know? So, um, I was kind of in this weird space and met Julian moved. And that's when, when we kind of started to, you know, post those re more regular things and seeing that, um, progression. I would say the icing on the cake was about a week after we started the street parking Instagram, I found out I was pregnant. And now I'm at, like, now I'm a real person. Like for the first time, I'm like, oh man, like I'm going to be pregnant for a year. And now I'm a mom and I'd never really, it was um, not an intentional pregnancy. So it was like overnight, like an identity shift that I was not ready for. Um, right. That's a huge, huge identity shift for sure. <laughs> and I, like two things from that. Number one, I, I love that you touch on, I too am a overly anxious person. And um, I, I talk about it a lot. You know, I grew up where my dad's a retired colonel in the Marine Corps. And a lot of the times he would talk to me about if I was, if I was struggling and saying, I'm anxious, I'm overwhelmed. My dad's first response would be like, go for a run. And he truly believed that like ailments of the mind could be could be healed by moving your body. And listen, you know, when you're really struggling, you got to get help. But those little things where you're, you know, those things throughout the day, physical activity is a game changer. And I know that, I believe that. And I think that just touching on that and, and having people look at their physical fitness in a different way into that approach. You know, the first time you, those endorphins hit, and you feel that uh, those endorphins in your body, it, it's, it's a feeling that can change the whole outlook of your day, your week. And it becomes, to some degree, addictive. Oh, yeah. Um, but I also, um, second point is that once you get pregnant, <laughs> uh, you may not have the time, the ability. You know, what I did after my brother died, I ran a marathon. I was like, I'm going to run a marathon to honor him. And that was my life. I actually had, I had a child at that time. She was 10 months old, but I also had an incredibly supportive husband that was like, knew what I was dealing with, knew I was going through grief. So it was just like, do what you got to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was given the bandwidth to be able to focus on running a marathon. Most people don't have that sort of time. And especially when there's, when kids start popping up. So um, I love that you are so transparent and authentic about your journey in motherhood. And I love that you brought that to the street parking community because I, I think they're, um, one of the things that I've seen within, uh, there, there's definitely some platforms that are geared towards 
specifically women and women with kids. And I love that street parking is, is that's a piece of it, but it's not all just, this is about women with kids and this is how you can, this is for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Talk about this idea of consistency. And you say, I, I've seen um, one of your mantras being consistency is key. That's something I'd love to dig into with you because as I shared a little bit earlier, I, I will tell you, admittedly, my biggest issue is consistency. I am one of those people that I'm either on or I'm off. And I can be on and just be hitting it. And I know how good it is for me, but I can fall off very, very easily. And I've often wondered and I've thought about this idea of motivation and, and how can I be constantly motivated? And it was actually, I was on a, it was beginning of the pandemic and I was on a call with um, a guy named Jocko Wilnick. And um, if you know who Jocko is, and Jocko was talking, he, he, his, his thing is discipline equals freedom. Mm -hmm. And I said something to him about motivation and he said, I don't believe in motivation. He's like, motivation is a fleeting emotion. It comes and it goes. Hence why your consistency comes and goes too. So I'd love to know when you talk about consistency is key, how do you, how do you maintain consistency? What are things that you talk to your community about in terms of staying focused and staying consistent in your, in your fitness journey? Yeah, so um, consistency for me and what I've seen in 20 years of just training people and, and doing it for myself, it is the missing piece everybody struggles with it. Like your story is no different than 99% of the population. And I think people look at someone like me and they think like, oh, she just, she's wired different than me. Like she's just motivated. I just can't find the motivation or I just don't like working out or I just don't like, let me tell you, I don't always like working out. There's, I mean, plenty of times, especially when I was super pregnant or newly postpartum where everything was modified and it had to be slowed down and kind of uncomfortable. Like I didn't, you don't enjoy it, right? The example that I give a lot, which resonates with people, it seems like is brushing your teeth. No one looks forward to brushing your teeth. No one's motivated to brush their teeth. I mean, we're motivated by not having rotten teeth, but we could be similarly motivated by not having the health issues that come with a sedentary lifestyle, right? So it's no sexier than that, I guess. Um, but we do, we brush our teeth. We do it every day, well, most of the time, you know, unless you're like, there are days I'm sure that we miss, but for the most part, even when you're yeah, even when you've been momming all day long and you just like, nothing sounds better than just crawling in your bed, you'll hit that last little piece of, you know, wash your face, brush your teeth. Okay. And we just do it because we know it's important and we know it's good for us. And some days we go with the full floss routine and the whole thing. And we're like, you know, in it. And some days it's like a 30 second scrape down and you're in bed. Totally. That's so, such an analogy. I love that. Yeah. And so fitness is like that. And you know, the, the example that I'll give with that also is on the day that let's say you do miss a day of brushing your teeth, whatever you passed out on the couch and then you just went straight to bed. You don't be like, Oh, whatever. I missed a day. Like, forget it. I'll start brushing my teeth again next week. <laughs> I start, you just do it the next day. You're like, I didn't brush my teeth last night. Um, I was up late. I get it. That's, that's such a great, 
analogy, the brush your teeth analogy. Um, I'm going to use that. And, and one of the things that I, I love about what you say, and I was trying to figure out because I, I mean, for me, I was like, well, yeah, like I, I look at you on, I started following you on social media and I'm like, well, yeah, we're just wired differently. Like she's a fitness professional. Of course, she's going to be driven to work out every day. It's her industry. It's what she does. And, but one of the other things that you say is more than nothing. And there is literally nothing that I love more than these three words, more than nothing, because I think, and it goes back to that brush your teeth analogy. I think I've been driven by this idea. And, and I know I have that I have to make sure that I have the perfect amount of time carved out and that I'm going to get in a really good workout in order for me to work out. It's like all or nothing for me, right? And this idea that sometimes you're just going to brush your teeth for 30 seconds, you know, sometimes you have 10 minutes, so do 10 minutes of burpees. And mm -hmm. that's what you did for today, right? But that's okay. And then there's going to be other times where you pull out the floss and, um, and you get a six mile run in or whatever it may be, but you have more time to give, you have more time to give a better workout to. And so I, um, I, I've been trying to, in the last couple of weeks, apply that, apply that more than nothing mentality. And, is, and I'm interpreting it in my own way. Is that what you mean when you say more than nothing? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the goal for people at first is to establish consistency under like no matter what you have to do, establish consistency. And more than nothing is the phrase that should help you to be able to do that. Um, eventually, you know, for me now, um, I am different than a lot of people because fitness is brushing my teeth. I don't think about it. I don't decide if I'm going to work out. You know, I have my like two pretty set rest days, Thursdays and Sundays. I usually don't work out. Sometimes I do, or sometimes I move it around, but very generally like on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I don't, there's not a decision-making process. I just do it. do it. Yes. And sometimes it's, you know, last week it was in an Airbnb at the foot of the bed. And sometimes it's two hours because, you know, uh, Julian's mom has the kids and I have time and I don't have anything else I need to be doing, but the decision is already made. And so for most people, they need to get past that. And that takes some time. And so what needs to happen is I don't care if you literally get up in your office and do, you know, Tabata air squats for four minutes, check the box, check right. the box at first. I don't care if you, you know, completely have to modify it or get, you know, are not moving intense at all, but you just kind of go through the motions, check the box, get, turn it into the, the daily habit that you, that's not a decision anymore. And then what you'll notice is some days you are feeling excited about it, or you, the workout looks super fun, or you have a friend with you and you start to push the intensity a little bit more and a little bit more. People do it the opposite though. They do the intensity first and they take on this huge program with, you know, these, this mindset that they're going to do all these things. And as soon as it starts to fall off even a little bit, they feel like they failed right. where for us, it's like, you don't fail unless you stop showing up completely. If you just yeah. stop moving completely, that's the only time that, you know, we need to reset. But as long as you're checking that box, um, 
those fleeting moments of motivation will come and go and you'll be able to push a little bit and you'll, as you start to get fitter, you'll get, you know, more excited about it. You'll be able to do more. Um, you'll start to notice changes, which motivates you further. But the very first thing you have to do is just establish that consistency. So you're, you're absolutely right. And just think about brushing your teeth. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm, that's what I will forever think about now. <laughs> what do you think the success of street parking is? Do you think it is, you know, when you look at like CrossFit, CrossFit's built off of this community, right? It's like, if, if you meet a fellow CrossFitter, you're part of that CrossFit community. Do you, and I see that within our own organization, um, the veterans and families of fallen service members that we serve, they feel tied to this greater community. Um, we've got a really distinctive logo at the Travis Manning Foundation. It's a Spartan shield. And if you see somebody wearing that t-shirt, you automatically are like, hey, I don't know you, but I know you. <laughs> Have you built that same sense of community at street parking? And if so, do you think that attributes to the success of the program at itself? I think that it is the reason that the program is successful. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, especially now at home, uh, high intensity dumbbell driven fitness programs, especially in 2020. Right. And, um, because I come from a CrossFit background and, you know, I was involved in a lot of like group stuff like that, even as far back as junior high and high school, I know the importance of that. Now online programs, it's difficult because it's not the same as when you have people walking into the gym and they get to be together and you get to have Christmas parties and you get to, you know, um, it was a very important piece of it for us from the very beginning, especially, you know, as we got more and more, people who were joining our program because they have somewhat of an isolated lifestyle, like stay at home moms or people who are constantly traveling for work. Um, even we do have a big military um, group within our community of people who are deployed and they're away from their families and their friends that they usually work out with or whatever. Um, community was huge for us, but it's like, how do you do that if you, you've never met these people and you don't see them? Uh, we, from the very beginning, it's been very important to us to connect with our people through social media. So we have a very active, sometimes a little too crazy active Facebook group. Okay. Um, and we have a, literally a staff of people that follow the hashtag street parking on Instagram, and they will go and like and comment and see and read um, as many posts as they can of people who are posting that they're doing these workouts you know, something that I've seen so much, especially in the, in the mom community more than anything else is, um, there's no one there to tell them if they do more than nothing, if they do the burpees in the, in the bathroom while their kids in the bathtub, nobody tells them good job. Nobody sees it. Nobody knows. Um, and so if they put on Facebook that they did it, or they post about it on Instagram or put it in their story, more than likely they're going to get one of our staff telling them good job we see you keep going um and then they connect with each other um you know if one mom says like oh i did it while my kid was in the bath then it's like 10 other moms will be like oh my gosh that's such a good idea i'm gonna do it too i'm with you girl or whatever um that network is really great yes there are there are other really great as far as the workouts are good programs that have come out of crossfit that are for home this is the reason that our program has the number of people that it does. I know it for sure. Yeah, it's true. So I'm, I'm 
pretty closely involved with the go ruck community um uh, and when i say that i haven't done any of like the big go ruck challenge <laughs> i'm friends with the founder i've got a, a rucksack i've rucked i rucked the, a marathon with him last year and i know that even last week when i was at that soccer practice i you know had my rucksack on i took a selfie and i was like 4.5 miles uh hash you know at go rock and i knew because anytime i put something out they're gonna they're gonna post it and they post it on their story and i mean it sounds a little trait but like you need that encouragement like all right someone saw me they know i'm out there they know i'm and so i love that and i think you know we talk about it all the time how the whatever your product may be fitness um you know food delivery service anything the community that's created inside of that company is arguably more important than even the product you're putting out and to feel that sense of community within it uh it is so so important and you know i shared with you uh someone on my marketing team she feels very connected to that community <laughs> and she's the one who um shared with us your story and you know she loves the street parking community i'd love to talk a little bit i said we we're going to talk about it running a business <laughs> with your spouse and you know i'd love to understand like what's What's the division of labor there? Like, how do, you, how do you make boundaries between right now we're husband and wife and right now we're business partners? And how do you not let those lines blur? So our story is, um, it's not one I would recommend to most people in the way that this all came to be. So we met in November of 2016, uh, 2015. It was like a few months after I had torn my ACL. He had competed in the games um, as an individual and I had just competed in the games on the team. So we knew about each other because that community is very, you know, tight. Um, but we had never actually formally met. And we met and started dating. I still lived in Northern California and he was in Southern California. I moved, um, not for him at all. Like I had known him for like a week when I moved. Um, because I got, had gotten a new job in Southern California with working with Progenics while I was still working um, for CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And we were just dating, whatever, I decided after a year to move in together. Um, so we had gotten approved for this house we were gonna move into in Orange County. And we had started posting some of the street parking stuff and like the idea was formulating. I don't think it was, something that we had thought about doing like a paid subscription for yet it was just kind of like the page and the workouts um and right after we had decided like hey let's make this like an actual thing let's say when we're gonna launch it uh we were not married yet i found out i was pregnant um and it all so we moved in together found out i was pregnant and launched this like hey let's make a business within like a two-week period oh my gosh <laughs> And also his, his mother was living with us, who I had just met. <laughs> and she's amazing. Um, but this it was just... Pale right here. <laughs> this is not recommended. Now, he had his own business. He had a meal prep company in Southern California that did very well. And I was working for Progenics. I had just left CrossFit when we started street parking. Like a few, I had left CrossFit a few months before. Um, mostly just because I didn't want to travel anymore. Um, and 
so yeah, so again, at the, be at the beginning, it was like a side little fun project. It was mostly me doing it and he would help um, come up with workouts or film demo videos or whatever, but he was running his business and I was doing my thing. And um, as I went through my pregnancy, it grew much more than we expected. And it was kind of this like, okay, if we hit, I think it was 2000 members, I will not go back from my maternity leave to progenics and I'll focus on this. Like we can do this. Like this is a thing. Right. And, um, so that's what we did. And for the next, you know, little while we had one of his friends would come and help us do some random stuff, but it was just the two of us. So, um, the, the way that it's worked the best is that there hasn't been a lot of crossover of responsibility. So I have my things that I do and he has his things that he does based on his strengths versus my strengths. Okay. Um, aside from creating workouts, which we both do, there's not a lot of crossover in our responsibilities. And even still to this day, um, we have like almost 40 employees now. Um, there's not a ton of crossover with that. The, the positive that we have going for us is that when we moved to Washington, his mother came with us and now she doesn't live with us anymore, but she takes care of our boys. She's the, you know, she's our daycare. Yeah. Um, and she is so great. I mean, that's huge. Um, Super. Yes. Yeah. And, but outside of that, um, we're very equal in parental responsibilities and street parking responsibilities. And, um, yeah, so I would say the biggest thing is there's just not a lot of crossover and he's the most chill person where I'm the anxious person, which is necessary to a degree for right. running a successful business. Um, I'm the perfectionist that's going to make sure everything's right. He's the like, hey, let's like not take things so seriously when I start to panic person. I think person. you have to be that way. I, and and my husband is the same way. My husband is so laid back sometimes that I'm like, no, you have to get more fired up about this, you know? Yeah. And it always yeah. kind of brings me down to where I need to be. Um, and I think that's such a good point. You know, if you're both like concentrated on the marketing of the company and the sales of the company, as opposed to saying, hey, this is what I'm good at and this is what you're good at. And you go do that and I'll go do that. And together we will build this brand. So um, I think that's good advice. Uh, I think, you know, the idea of getting into business with your spouse, I mean, gosh, I, I, I don't know if my husband and I would be <laughs> as successful. We would probably be that cautionary tale, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, I love, I love the idea that you can, especially right now in the middle of everything we're going through, you know, you have this, like, it's me, it's my husband. Of course you have like 40 employees, but I'm sure they're everywhere across the country. You've got your mother-in-law and your kids and you're just, you know, you're finding your success together and growing together. And I, I love that. I think that's, um, I think it's a, a really, a beautiful thing. I'd love to just briefly touch on, you know, again, you've got, um, and, and you talked about from your CrossFit days, like you grew quite a following um, within social media, in, in Instagram specifically. And I think with that um, comes some criticisms. And 
I'd love to know, you know, I see you, you've got like such a supportive community, but you've also received cr criticisms and I give you so much credit. You're not someone that turned your comments off or <laughs> delete your comments. And, you know, I see a lot of people with big followings that do that. And you know why it's because people are saying something they don't want them to see, but I'd love to know what are some of the challenges that have come with being someone that's out there, you put your kids out there. I do the same thing. I, I by no means have the social media, media following that you do, but you know, I, I'm very open about wanting to share not just what I do, but who I am as a person. And, and I see you do that as well. What are some of the challenges that you faced because of that? Yeah, I mean, social media is a weird place and I, I am, um, there, there's just something in me that needs to share. Like I am a sharer. Um, and I feel specifically when it comes to health and fitness and the trials that I've had, you know, from the car accident to the knee, to the pregnancies, all of it. Um, I feel that I've been so fortunate to have fitness be the toothbrushing, you know, thing in my life that it is. And I know the impact that it's making that I need to share it because I want other people to find it and to, to use me as, you know, um, somebody to look to that has, ha has been able to do it. Right. Um, but yeah, like you said, with that comes, I mean, when I was competing, it, it was, you look like a man. I had really short hair and I was just more muscular than I am now. And you look like a man, like you're gross, like how many steroids are you on and this and that. And then um, I've, since I got pregnant with my first son, who's now three, I lost like 40,000 Instagram followers through that pregnancy. Wow. Um, because that's just, because again, I had, I was an entertainer with, you know, the short shorts and the muscle ups and the snatches and the, you know, silly things that I was doing as a single person with no kids and fitness. And it just wasn't people's vibe, which is totally fine, by the way. Like if you're not in that stage in your life, you probably don't need to see a pregnant lady. <laughs> a pregnant lady working out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just goes to show, I mean, a lot of people I've seen it, fitness, um, other CrossFit games, athletes or fitness people who go completely dark when they're pregnant and they don't post any of the real life stuff. And I th think it's such a shame because um, the followers that I have now who have been with me through this whole journey, um, you know, it shows them like, hey, I've gone through real life too. And right. this is how I've still managed to make it work. Um, and that's just so important to me. But, you know, I, I mean, I had a natural home birth this last one and people are not into that you know some people think that's really bad to do or um we've you know we when i first started dating julian because i was married before um people automatically assumed that uh he broke up our marriage even though we had never even met and we're calling him like a home wrecker and all this stuff and it's just crazy um and i'm still really bad at just ignoring it and knowing these people don't really know me or there's there's something going on in their life that's like i've never ever in my life commented something mean on a stranger's instagram like i don't even know what kind of a day i would have to be having to do Ditto. something like that Ditto. yeah so you have to think of it like what 
is going on with this person that they are like, first of all, they know so much about me. <laughs> and then, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I always think again, that, you know, sometimes my husband will be like, uh, why are you putting that out there? Like, why are you putting, and, and I am, I'm an oversharer too. And I want people to not just know who I am when I'm like standing on a stage in front of a thousand people and, and giving a speech. I want people to know who I am when, you know, my hair's greasy in a bun and I'm wearing a, a three-day-old sweatshirt. And I try to I try to show that side of myself, but you do, you do leave yourself open to critique. And um, I give you a lot of credit. I, I feel you. And I think one of the most damaging things with social media today is the persona you can create by only showing one piece of yourself. And there are far too many people out there with huge platforms that, you know, the people that will hide the pregnancy just because they have a certain image they need to uphold. And I love that, that you're just real. And I think that's probably why not only do you have a huge following, but you have huge engagement because people want to share within your story. Um, I love it. You know, what it's you really freeing. It's really freeing too. Like I, I want people to think of it in a different way. I feel so bad for people who have this like perfectly curated Instagram where they look perfect all the time and they look, you know, a certain way. How do you go out in public? Like I would be terrified at all times that I would run into somebody who follows me on Instagram and see what I really look like. Like it's freeing. Like if I show that, Hey, this is what my skin actually looks like. And this is what my face and my body actually looks like. And this is what I actually wear. And you can just go out in the world and you're the same person no matter where you go all the time. And I can't imagine the anxiety that I would have if I felt like every time I left the house, I had to match this person that I was putting out on Instagram. That sounds exhausting. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I love, I love everything that you're about. I, I search high and low for women that can be a positive example, not only of what they're doing professionally, but what, the, what they represent as, as a mother, as a wife. I think it's so important for, you know, I, I often hear a lot of times this idea of how, I get asked a lot, like, how do you do it all? How are you, how do you do everything you're doing and then also be a good wife and a good mother? And, you know, I, I've been guilty of saying, you know, it's all about finding the balance. And I've come, <laughs> you know, I've, I've given that answer knowing that's not really what I mean. Like, I, I've come to realize that I don't know that there's ever, you're never going to find that balance. I mean, some, there may be one minute of one day where I'm like, oh, okay, everything's working out. But in terms of like a true work-life balance as a, as a mother, it doesn't exist. And, but I've also come to accept that that's okay. It doesn't have to exist. And I think that just the way that you put out there that, you know, you're being the best you can be, you're doing the best you can. And then also building this business around, like just giving it what you can, when you can, it's, it's enlightening. Uh, I thank you so much for that. Um, and to your husband too. Uh, he, 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 doesn't, he does not go uh, unthanked in that, but You've been through a lot, you know, you, you've dealt with uh, a debilitating neck injury, you tore your knee, 
going through again as a, a fitness uh, guru and then go, giving birth to two children, that changes the trajectory of what you're doing. What do you think that, what, what have you been most proud of out of everything from 18 years old as a fitness instructor to now 38 years old, every job that you've had, everything that you've done, both personally and professionally, what has brought you the most joy and you've been most proud of? Uh, without question, what brings me the most joy are my sons. And that's not something that I would expect to myself to say. And I, I think that's really important um, for people to hear. I, at 30, you know, I had my first son at 35. At 30 years old, if you asked me if I was going to have kids, I would have told you that I don't know. Um, that I don't, that maybe, I don't know. Like, I, I wasn't somebody who grew up, like, just dying to be a mom. I've always been very um, achievement-driven, career-driven. Um, and you know even my first child was unintentional we when julian and i got had started having those talks i did want to have children with him but it wasn't i wasn't ready for it or whatever and i never pictured and never could have explained or understood how being a mom changes you and how much joy it can bring into your life and it it's still shocking to me how much more joy it brings me than almost anything else that i do um, uh, aside from that, uh, because I think that's like the easy answer. Um, I would say that being in the fitness space for as long as I have and being able to maintain realness is something that I'm very proud of because it, it is really hard. I know how to take my Instagram from 300,000 followers to a million followers. It's the easiest thing in the world. You just wear shorter shorts and take the photo from a different angle and Photoshop it a little bit more. And anyone can do it and i know that that's how to do it and the fact that i've never gone down that path or i've never been dragged into that whole scene which is whether it's instagram or even before instagram it was you know just how you were at the gym or whatever it's always been there in fitness and it always will be and mm -hmm. i just i don't know exactly how i've avoided it but that i'm i am very proud of that well, I think you've done a, a tremendous job. And it's funny, I, I, was, I was talking with somebody the other day about Instagram and I, mine used to be very private. I actually had it as a private account. It was for my like friends and family and that's where I would post pictures of, of um, my kids. And um, I made it public not too long ago and a little bit of a following. And I said, I forget what I had posted but it was something like super poignant. And I felt like, oh my gosh, this is great. And, got a little bit of engagement. And then like a week later, I posted a picture, a selfie of myself on my dad's boat, you know, and it wasn't provocative or anything, but it was definitely like, oh, this is a cute picture of me. And the picture like blew up and I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's really, that's what it is, you know? And it can be disappointing from that perspective. So I totally get what you're saying. Uh, Marin, I'd like to end today with the question that I asked everybody before we close out each episode. And that is, what does living a resilient life look like for you? I think, you know, resiliency starts in your attitude toward life. Um, we, can't, we can't avoid discomfort. We can't avoid suffering. We can't avoid bad things happening. Um, 
but just continuing to put one foot in front of the other, everybody's bad thing, everybody's bad day, everybody's, you know, trauma is going to be different. Um, what, what decides where you go from there is just whether or not you keep showing up for your own life. And um, to me, that's what, how I would describe being a resilient person. Yeah. Showing up almost, you know, bringing it back to consistency. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Consistency <laughs> is your teeth, right? That's yes. Miranda, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been awesome to talk to you. Uh, I encourage everyone, and we're going to put the uh, the links to street parking, your Instagram account. Um, that'll be in all the show notes. I encourage everyone to check it out. Uh, thank you so much for sharing a little bit more about your world and um, looking forward to uh, getting to know more about street parking. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to sign up. Um, I've been hearing a lot about it, so I'm going to get that. And when I'm traveling, that's going to be my thing. I'm, I'm taking the street parking approach. I'm going to start brushing my teeth each and every day. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Resilient Life Podcast. I really loved this discussion. I loved diving into the idea of how you take an idea and a concept and turn it into a business. I loved Miranda talking about the challenges of motherhood and what that means within the fitness industry and, and the idea of finding this balance of how we can work to find a balance between what we love and 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 being a parent. And I think it's so important. And by far, the biggest takeaway I have from this episode is the analogy of brushing your teeth and brushing your teeth in order to set that consistency for how important it is to take your physical fitness and your physical health um, and make it a priority in your life. So along with brushing my teeth each day, I'm going to make sure that I make a commitment to move my body each and every day and make sure that it starts to become natural, just like brushing your teeth is. So uh, Miranda, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, like, and share the Resilient Life podcast with your friends. And thank you so much for joining us.